What's good, family? What's Lost good? Talk Radio. Hey, man, El Divine Bay. Hey, hey, we come back. Hey, what's We're talking about it. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the end. For only love can conquer hate You know we've got to find a way To bring some love and kiss here today Pick it light and pick it fast Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see
Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. What's happening? What's happening? It's your man, El Divine Bay. We're on Blog Talk Radio, man. Well, Principles 101. And today, we are about to drop these gems on y'all, man. Y'all got to get down with the bank black movement. If you're not active, man, we got to get you active today. Today, people. Because contrary to rumor, you know, black lives may not matter to these people, but black dollars definitely do. And we, we, can, we can make an impact right before the election by taking our money out of these traditional banks or private banks and moving that money over to these black-owned banks. And I got a bunch of black-owned banks I'm about to give you the, the lowdown on. Killer, Killer Mike and uh, a select group of people in Atlanta just, just launched their bank down in Georgia. And um, it's a historical bank and a historical bank name tied to uh, the Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma, the Black Wall Street movement. So that's going to be pretty dope, man. But we're going to get into it after we do what we do, man. As as every week, every every week we got to do this, man. We got to pay homage to all our ancestors, man, the ones that uh, whose st- shoulders are we standing on right now. We standing on our ancestors' shoulders, if you didn't know. So peace to the gods, man. Assalamu alaikum to the nation. Islam to all the Moors out there, Hotep, Alafia, shouts out to the Hebrews. Amen. Ashe, any greeting of peace, man, we bid you that right now, man. I can go on and on and on, but I want to get into the information. So let me go ahead and start my little soundtrack. Let's get this this, this party started, man. We're not going to be on uh, IG Live and Facebook Live for too long. Just wanted to get y'all motivated so y'all can call in. 657-383-1528 so y'all can get some of this 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 real sh- I want to I want to speak my mind but I don't want to really speak my mind on uh these social media platforms man so y'all slide on over to the radio show and uh we can get you all the way together man but the bank black movement you have to you have to understand the power of the dollar the power of the black dollar and the power that we as a people have when we're making close to three trillion or we're spending close to three trillion dollars a year. If we got three trillion dollars to spend a year, if we move that money out of the popular banks and into black owned banks where that dollar reciprocates itself, and we can go to these banks and get business loans to get loans for homes, to be able to do the things that we're trying to do as a community, as a people, it changes the game. So if you're not interested in what I'm talking about or what I'm about to convey to you, peace be upon you. I appreciate you for checking in for uh, you know a glimpse, but I'm talking to the individuals that really understand the power of money, the power of the dollar, the power of your dollar. Like I said, man, black lives may not matter, but these black dollars matter tremendously to everybody. Because when our money is off the table, it changes the game. It changes the game. I'm telling you people. So, if we as a people, I mean, if, you, if you're uncomfortable with, with just jumping all the way in with your people, that's cool. But listen, listen, listen how powerful this is. It's over 30 million, close to 40 million of us in in America. 40 million. So, is that right? 40 million? Yeah, 40 million. If we were to take 
$100. Just $100. All of us open up a savings or checking account with $100 to a black-owned bank. Do you know the power and the impact that will make? How shook the private-owned banks will be when they see those kind of numbers walking out the door all of a sudden. It's, it's amazing the power that we have when we come together as opposed to us doing everything on our own. But we're going to get into it, man. Um, I just really jumped on these lives real quick to kind of give y'all a heads up to come on in and get on in the conversations. That way you can politic with me. We can get some questions answered. If y'all got any questions about some of the things, man, you can uh, shoot me a message. But I'm going to end these lives so I can really go in on the radio show and we're going to get into the banks. We're going to get into uh, black economics. We're going to get into the power of the black dollar. And we're going to talk just a little bit about what we touched on last week in regards to uh, tax advantages and tax strategies and how uh, your president was able to pay $750 on his last tax return, we can show you how to do all of that, man. We got tax strategies. We can help you with your personal credit, your business credit. We can help you invest your money as a business as opposed to an individual. We can do all we can do a lot of things, man. We can we can change your financial situation in many different ways. With the power of financial literacy, the power of financial education and the power of Group economics. So, like I said, man, we're gonna jump off of these lives. So, shout out to Facebook Live, man. Peace, y'all. Make make sure if y'all want to get in on the conversation, go to six five seven three eight three one five two eight. I posted and pinned the link of the phone number in there. So, peace, Facebook Live, Instagram Live. I see my girl Marmoro. You out there killing them, baby girl. I don't know when you're gonna be back in the city. But uh, when you touch back down in the city, make sure you reach out to the big homies because you about to start coming into the millions and you're going to need you a an accountant and a financial investor so you can make that money do jumping jacks, baby girl. But yeah, we're about to get into these black-owned banks and how we need to invest our funds in them. But right now, I'm about to go ahead and sign off. But if y'all want to continue the conversation, y'all meet me at 657-383-1528. Or just come on over to uh, iTunes Podcast, Wealth Principles 101, and I'll get you together. Peace and love. All right, all right, all right. Okay, now I can talk to my people. I can talk to my people and we can get real, 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 real thick with it. So once again, man, welcome to the Wealth Principles 101 show. Um, I'm hoping that you guys can hear me, hear me clearly, and we're going to get into it. So, these institutions that we're going to speak about today are a few, only a few of the black-owned banks. Now, we got a a list of black-owned banks that we can break down according to your state and... um, it's 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 going to surprise you at how many actual black-owned banks are out there. Now, some of these black-owned banks, black-owned banks, excuse me, um, people are are confused because they may have a COO or someone in in charge 
as being a person of color, but these black-owned, black-operated banks are the ones that we're speaking on today. So, we're going to do a history lesson real quick. Some of y'all might not know how long we've had black-owned banks. We've had black-owned banks in North America uh, since 1781. Facts. 1781, people. Now, I know some of y'all saying if we had black-owned banks that, that, that long ago, what's the problem in 2020? Well, some of you are educated on what happened with the Tulsa uh, real estate, the Black Wall Street, when we started doing for self, uh, pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps, uh, thriving as a community, doing for self, spending the money in our community and recycling the money where the money stayed there, where we had our own banks, we had our own barbershops, we had our own transportation, we had our own everything. So we circulated our funds amongst ourselves, just like every other ethnicity does today. Every every culture, every uh, nationality, they have their own banks that they can go to for funding. They have their own towns. Like in almost every major city, there's a little Italy. There's a Chinatown. There's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's areas designated for those individuals because once they migrate there and they, 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 they spend their money there, they invest in their own businesses and they spend with their people. It's just that simple. It's just that simple, family. If we were to take our money off the table of spending it with those that don't look like us, we will see a net growth economically where we can actually close the gap on this wealth gap that we've we've been behind for over 300 years. Three, 400 years. They had a head start on us that long. And we're still shut out of a lot of these funding opportunities and and just equal, being equal. (laughs) I mean, listen, redlining, look it up. Do some research on redlining. That stopped us from even purchasing property. Some people got through the cracks, but but just something as simple as being able to purchase a home or land. They denied us from even getting approved, even if we were credible or we had enough credit and we showed that we had money to be able to afford property. A lot of us got blocked out of those opportunities from something called redlining. We're still victims of all of those things that was done to us hundreds of years ago. So let me go back. Like I said, ever since the founding of the Bank of North America in 1781, banking has played a critical role in facilitating the American dream. These institutions indispensable Monetary services ranging from accepting deposits to offering loans, credit is king in the United States. And without high quality financial institutions, countless Americans would struggle to acquire vehicles, housing, and other essential items. Now, however, like pretty much of all of the nation's older institutions, banks have also played a significant part in America's racist past. Racial discrimination in the banking industry and financial system 
that targeted African-Americans and challenges ending discrimination persist today. Even today, y'all, Black-owned banks arose as an alternative to larger institutions to provide greater access to banking services as well as the opportunity to support local communities. According to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, a minority depository institution, or MDI, a federally insured depository institution for which 51% or more of the voting stock is owned by minority individuals or a majority of the board of directors is minority and the community that the institution serves is predominantly minority. Ownership must be by United States citizens or permanent legal U.S. residents to be counted in determining minority ownership. Of the 21 Black-owned banks featured in this article, three fall into the latter category. Only three. For the purposes of this article, Black-owned and managed credit unions that serve the Black community have been included to provide the most complete picture of America's Black financial institutions. The article used the article uses the term black owned in this broad sense, recognizing the stockholders own the profit bank and members own credit unions. Now, the takeaways including credit unions, therefore, are 42 black owned financial institutions in the United States. Taken together, they have approximately 5.8 billion assets in total. Black-owned banks provide customers not just access to financial resources they need, but the chance to invest in the financial health and well-being of the community. That's that's the important part. Now, the Black-owned banks also play a critical role in fighting modern-day systematic racism in the financial sector. This is key. The systematic racism in the financial sector is what's been holding us back as a people, even if we have did everything right according to them, went to school, got a job, saved, paid your bills, kept your credit correct, tried to get a loan for a home or, or, or a business, to start a business and we were denied time after time just based on our race, our color. So this is nothing new. This is nothing new, people. Now, critics of Black-owned for profit banks have posited that true financial justice requires institutions such as non-for-profit that are separate from the financial system rooted in racism and exploitation. Of the 42 Black-owned financial institutions in the country, exactly half are not-for-profit credit unions. Now, some of you probably are, are, are confused as to what the difference is between a credit union and a bank, a non-for-profit credit union. So, if you're a, a, a credit union and you're non-profit, what that means is the shareholders in the credit union, meaning all the people who contribute to the credit union, you are all shareholders in that particular credit union. So. If you're a member of a credit union, I'm sure you had to uh, open up with a savings account and you had to keep a minimum amount of whatever that was, whether it be five, ten, twenty-five hundred dollars, whatever it is, that is your stake in the credit union as a shareholder. So that money must remain in there, irregardless of the other money that 
that you have maybe deposited or, or however it comes in, you must maintain that minimal amount in order to be a member of that particular credit union. What happens is at the end of the year, once everything is divvied out, whatever the profit margin that that credit union made that year, by law, they're required to disperse that amongst the shareholders and how they have been doing it is they basically take whatever your uh, fourth quarter balance is and depending on what you had in the bank they were giving kickback uh, according to what you had in your last month statement. So say you had $1,000 you may get 5% you might get $500 or $50 or whatever the case may be but they are not allowed to pocket the profits from credit unions. So when you get a car loan, home loan, whatever the case may be, at the end of the year, after everything is paid, the books are balanced, whatever is left over as a profit, it is dispersed amongst the members of the credit union, therefore making it a not-for-profit credit union or financial institution. So they still need operating capital. They still need a base a base or benchmark for, for the funds that they need to operate. But this is basically how a non nonprofit credit union works. So we just wanted to clear that up and give y'all some insight on how all of this works, man. I'm going to get into the banks here in just a minute. I just want to give y'all a little background and history of Black-owned banks. Now, Black-owned banks didn't exist until more than a century after Bank of North America first opened its doors. So prior to the chartering of the first black-owned bank, uh, in that first black-owned bank, I'm going to correct myself, um, the Freedman Bank started in 1872. But the, the first black-owned bank was in 1888. Congress and the President Lincoln established the Freedmen's Savings Bank in 1865 as a part of the Freedmen's Bureau. This institution was designed to help newly freed African Americans navigate the United States financial system. Despite Congress voting to close the Freedmen's Bureau in 1872, the bank continued to operate. In 1874, Frederick Douglass took over as the bank's D.C. branch director, and he found the place to be rife with corruption and risky investments. Despite Douglas's investing $10,000 of his own money in the bank, in an attempt to save it, Freedman Savings went bankrupt later the same year. Although the Freedman Savings Bank doesn't fit the modern criteria of a Black-owned bank, it represents a criteria's first step. The first official chartered Black-owned bank, the True Reformers Bank, was founded March 2nd, 1888 by Reverend William Washington Brown a former slave and Union Army officer. Brown was the founder of the Grand Fountain United Order of True Reformers Fraternal Organization. Some of y'all may be familiar with that. The True Reformers Bank came about when Brown and his organization faced financial hardship while trying to establish a new branch in Virginia. Unable to manage the order's money without arousing suspicion from paranoid and prejudiced locals, Brown founded a true reformist bank so that the organization's finances would be free of scrutiny from white people. The bank opened its business in 1889 
and went from a small operation in Brown's house to an institution strong enough to survive the financial pandemic of 1893. Although the True Reformers Bank continued to operate after Brown's death in 1897, by 1900, problems were beginning to develop. Under its new president, Reverend William Lee Taylor, branches were poorly regulated, unsecured loans were made, and the embezzlement scandal cost most account holders their savings. By 1910, the State Corporation Commission had ordered that the bank be closed. And the story of the True Reformers Bank was playing out. Other black-owned banks were also getting their starts in the United States. The Capital Savings Bank of Washington, D.C., opened its doors October 17, 1888, roughly six months before the True Reformers, True Reformers Bank. Capital Savings also managed to survive the financial panic of 1893 through it later closed in 1902. So between 1888 and 1934, more than 134 Black-owned financial institutions were founded, predominantly located in the Southern states. Their numbers dwindled during the Great Depression, leaving nine by 1930. It wasn't until the Civil Rights Movement that a resurgence took place, raising the numbers to the 50s, to 50 by 1976. So we're talking about 50 years ago, man, maybe 40, 44 years ago. So by 1988, the savings and loan crisis had wiped out 35 black-owned banks. So that knocked down to about 15. The start of the most recent decline came in 2001. During the early 2000s, the recession was rapidly accelerated once the great recession began. Today, including credit unions, there are 42 black-owned financial institutions left. You can't separate black, black, black history from Black American history, says Tyrone Ross, community director of All Trust, a software platform provided by financial advisors. We've always been well adept and versed in the financial education and the ability to be entrepreneurs. It's just stripped from us. So it's okay to write these articles and have panels or whatever you want. But let's start with the history first so people go, oh, snap. It really was stripped from them. And they're just trying to get it back. It's the modern day discrimination, man. In 2016, the net worth of white families were nearly 10 times higher as the average on that of a black family. This is a result of inequality, discrimination, racism, and differences in power and opportunity compounding throughout America's history. It is also why the diminishing number of black owned banks is especially a concern, given the role these institutions play in fighting modern-day systematic racism in the financial sector. Consider redlining. Remember, I talked about redlining. This unethical and now illegal practice is used to block off access to important services for residents of certain neighborhoods based on their race or ethnicity. How do they do it? Zip code. They redline people by zip code, people. They put you in a zip code of low income so when the bank's your application, whether they saw who was sitting in front of them or not, it went by your zip code. If your neighborhood was considered zoned in the area of black or, you know, low income or whatever they may want to call it, you were denied loans based on your zip code. So the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits discrimination on basis of race, color, religion, sex, national origin was started was a start. And yet, although Fair Housing Act in 68 and the Community Reinvestment Act in 77 were both intended to eliminate redlining, 
this kind of discrimination is still seen today. Why? Because none of those reasons, race, color, religion, sex, or national origin had anything to do with zip code. It's geographical rate redlining with geographical people. 68% of loans made between 2012 and 2018 for housing purposes in Chicago went to predominantly white areas. 8.1% went to predominantly black areas. Bank, that was all, that's 10, listen, you hear that statistic, that's almost 10 times, it's like eight times the amount. Eight times the amount of loans for housing purchases went to predominantly white, listen, areas areas people these are zip code zip code is the way that they geographically could still participate in in redlining and racism discrimination and it's financial discrimination hey what you want but um yeah so think about that it's not about your race your color none of that it's about the area geographically where are you geographically located? What is the average income of your zip code? You can Google it. Google your zip code and see the average household income. And you'll see how easy it is for banks and these other institutions to discredit you from getting approved from these loans. This is where you live, people. That's why I keep my people... Uh, my clients at divineworldprinciples.com when you're uh, creating your business you want to have a business your address, you want to have a business address in a thriving neighborhood hey, I know we want to open our businesses up in the hood and that's cool, you can have a branch down there but your headquarters need to be in a well financed, well high (laughs) you know what I'm saying, you need to be in an area where there's money being made and we'll get into that in another show. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of background on, on what's going on with this banking system and how we've been shut out of it for so long. So what can we do? What can we do? Now, the importance of black-owned banks is to understand why black-owned banks, black-owned banks matter. I got to get that together. So we're going to call it B.O.B., to understand why BOB matters, BOBs matter, it's a critical, it's critical to recognize the role the banks play in a financial life. A common service bank provides access to a checking account, allowing for the safe storage of the individual's funds, typically in exchange for a minimal fee. In addition to accepting monetary deposits, banks also furnish loans for both individuals and businesses looking to finance crucial purchases. Banks also offer mortgages for real estate purchases. Many banks issue credit cards, which are valuable tools for building the credit history necessary to receive most loans that you see. Now, outside of providing financial services, a number of banks have also launched programs on financial literacy for low and moderate income communities. I also have two uh, companies. One is a for-profit and one is a non-profit. So if you're in need of financial literacy or financial education, I need you to go to www.no-your-worth.org, subscribe, and one of our individuals will get you set up to where you can go to some online training 
You're going to have a host of tutorials there, some FAQs. So you can basically come in, check in, subscribe, and get taught financial literacy for your kids all the way up to your adults absolutely for free. So that's a nonprofit organization that I started to help with the, with the financial education and financial literacy of low-income uh, homes and families. So we don't have any excuses. I want to be able to help everybody. And if you are, you know, in the in the in a in a place where you can, you know, purchase my services, you get a little more one-on-one with me as opposed to going and checking out, you know, uh, the, the videos and the and the, the subscription base where you can get a little bit and you can learn the learning curve, more of a DIY. But when you come over to the Divine Wealth Principal side, it's more aggressive and. Uh, you, you work hand in hand with me and one of my representatives. So that's just a little caveat, man. So it's a must that we learn financial literacy, man. We have to. We have to start educating our kids about what money is, what credit is, what investing is, assets over liabilities. Shout out to the EYL crew. Um, yeah, man, we have to be able to loan ourselves money. Why will we continue to give interest, free money, to all of these institutions, and that's even when they give us a loan. And when they give us a loan, trust and believe, they crack our head with the interest rate. Because if they crack your head on the interest interest rate, 10, 15, 20%, they know that you're paying almost double of what one of them would pay for the same property, for the same vehicle, for the same home, for the same whatever. This is the game. So they stack the deck. And they, and they sit back and wait for you to fall. When you fall, they come and swoop up the property that you had for the for, for pennies on a dollar because it goes into foreclosure. They go up for auction. All of these things have been happening hundreds of years. But once the level field is, the playing field is level, we as a people have always thrived. Even with the deck stacked up against us, man. So this is the start of how we can fight back without lifting the finger. So let's get into some of these banks, man. Let's get into these banks. The first one we're gonna talk about is the one that's pretty much been in the news a lot lately. Shouts out to Killer Mike, man. Uh, I really appreciate what the man is doing for the movement and the culture of our people. He's a very um, intelligent young man well-read, well-educated. He is uh, passionate about his people. Uh, learned a lot from this young man, and uh, I'm more impressed every time I hear about him. But his particular institution, uh, I wanted to highlight those guys. It's a bank called Greenwood. So everybody, I need everybody. If you're on uh, Blog Talk Radio, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Divine Bay or Wealth Principles 101. I have the link for all of these uh, banks that I'm going to talk about today. Um, there are officially 42 banks and credit unions, um, but I'm highlighting three today. And the three that I'm highlighting are three that I feel are three of the most aggressive and the most uh, ones that's going to really push the narrative for people to really want to make a switch 
Um, but we're going to start with Greenwood. So the website again is www.bankgreenwood.com. And once you hit that website, you can get access, click on the get access button. And what you're going to do is you're going to join the wait list. Put your email address in there and they're going to keep up with you. And they say everything should be up and running operational by the beginning of the year. But that's okay. We want you to get in position right now. So at the beginning of the year, when we're fully ready, because this is, this is going to be a different type of, of banking for black and Latino, we got we to gotta compile everything that we're trying to do. We have to show them, people of color, we have to show them that once our dollar is off the table, you're going to respect us as a people, as a nation, and as a country. We are literally in a civil war. We just, you just don't, you just don't realize it yet. It's not to the point where we, we're pulling rifles on each other, but it's damn near at that point. But we are in a civil war right now. And um, we have to prepare to get our affairs in order. Um, I would talk a little more about some other things that we can do, but we can, we can get into that later. I got to stay on topic. Uh, we got about uh, maybe 45 minutes left. I'm going to open up the phone, put the Q&A, check out the chat room, see if they got any questions in there. But let me give you a little more uh, more details. If you go to bankgreenwood.com, uh, like I said, you're going to put the email in there, hit get access now, and you will be on the email list and there. We'll definitely keep in contact with you. And you will be able to invest in a bank that you know that people that look just like you and me have your back. And it's not going to be any slacking in this bank. You'll still be able to have savings and spending accounts. You'll be able to do Apple and Android Pay, peer-to-peer transfers, uh, mobile deposits, two-day early pay, no hidden fees global ATM networks, and community reinvestment. These are all the things that you would receive in any other full-service banking. And it's all going to be in your hand. Like, you can do all of this on your hand because we know the millennials, they own the cash app. They own this, they own that. And um, this is just a financial institution owned, ran, operated by us. So when you come to Greenwood Bank, and you looking to get a loan for a home or a business, they are able to see and understand if you coming to them saying, I need $250,000 for a barbershop. Most people will look at a barbershop and say, why do you need $250,000? Why would you need $500,000 for a barbershop? Because they looking at it like, okay, you cut hair. You need clippers, you need oil, you need blocks, you need... They don't understand our culture. Our our culture at a barbershop, you don't just get a haircut at a barbershop. You can get all types of things at a barbershop. They don't understand barbershop is just uh, uh, basically the easiest way to get a business 
on paper. But once you're in that barbershop, they sell all kinds of products. They sell all kinds of products in the corner stores. You can go to every corner store in the hood and you're going to see some, 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 some people. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, stereotype, but you can see some, some of my Arab brothers. You're going to see some African brothers. You're going to see some, maybe some Asian brothers, depending on where you are. And you're going to see that corner store and it's going to have the basic necessities, you know, bread, water, things of that nature. But then you're going to see the liquor. You're going to see the 40 ounces of wine. You're going to see them selling numbers. You're going to see them uh, selling lottery tickets, uh, black and miles, uh, everything you can imagine. And the barbershops ain't no different. Barbershops ain't no different. It's, it's just a retail store on steroids. But see, when people sitting over across from the desk that look like you and me, they can understand why you would need a loan for your barbershop to be able to compete with the barbershops of today. But it's just little things like that that we know about our people that these people can't fathom. And they don't understand how our culture operates. But having someone, like I said, sit across from that desk, not only the person is doing the application, but the actual institution is black owned. And if you invest your money and show that you're invested in that company, they will invest in you. But the thing is, we have to keep the money in our community. So what would you be bringing to the table to get a business loan? What would you be bringing to the community? Are you going to be hiring people? Are you going to be able to create jobs? Will that stimulate the economy and get poking them off the corner and get them, you know, uh, learning a trade so they can apply themselves so they can take care of their family as their family starts to grow? These are the things that we have to, to, to invest in our, our children, the next generations to follow behind us. Because if they don't see a, a, a template or, or a way out, then they, they feel like they're, they're hopeless. So we are the generation that needs to prepare a place for them so they can see the future and not be proactive, I mean reactive, to whatever these people in government throw at them. We have to get our stuff together as a people. And it starts with banking black. Now, the second bank I want to talk about is one of the more popular banks. They're called One United Bank. You can go to oneunited.com and you can see um, they have a tremendous amount of momentum. They have over 100,000 customers and 100,000 locations. So One United has really been been putting the, put the pedal to the metal for a while now. And um, that's definitely one that I would suggest They've appeared on uh, NBC News, Amsterdam News, Bayview, uh, Salesforce, The Glow Up, Michigan Chronicle, uh, The Breakfast Club. Like, we're talking about institutions that's owned and operated by us. So, we're going to talk a little bit more about them because they have a lot of products and they're actively open and they're, they're up and running right now. So, you can get a debit card. You can get an ATM card. Uh, they have a secured credit card. They have a Unity Visa secure card. And they, uh, they have internet, mobile banking, online banking. 
um, pretty much everything that you would want in a, in a regular bank. These particular uh, banks are providing that, so you're not losing anything. You're not losing anything. You're actually gaining a little respect and pride knowing that when you put your money in the bank or you have your direct deposit going, you know that that's going into a black-owned bank. So nobody's going to eat off of us unless we give them our money. Now, in addition to One United Bank and the products and services that they have, they also have a financial literacy blog. So that blog is basically teaching you a little bit about banking, um, six ways to celebrate National Financial Awareness Day. This, this playing the, the, the back game, the win, black business on the Zoom, like it's giving you the heads up on how the, the culture of, of the financial uh, literacy and the financial sector is moving. We're going to be, they, 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 they educate you on black authors. Black Books, Black Money, Five Books to Help with Personal Finances, they are giving you a blueprint to help yourself. So for those of us that don't like to read, we got to get off that, even if you don't know how to read very well. They have audiobooks now, so we got to get in the game, people. We have to get in the game. So One United Bank, definitely check them out fully open and operational right now. You can go to oneunited.com, uh, create an account, man. Open up an account at all three of these banks that I'm going to give you. Greenwood Bank, One United Bank, and Liberty Bank. Now, when I say Liberty Bank, I don't want you to think of Liberty Mutual. No, this is not the same thing. This is a black-owned bank. Go to libertybank.net. As soon as you get there, you're going to see a uh, beautiful queen king at their kitchen on the laptop. So this particular bank, they are another bank that's been in existence for a while now. They're very well established, and they have plenty of, 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 of products and services for us. So financial freedoms at your fingertips. They also have the app where you can do online banking. Pretty much all of these banks are coming in with the uh, mindset to compete with everybody out there. So with Liberty Bank, they have checking accounts, uh, enterprise checking, corporate checking, corporate accounts, uh, savings accounts, lending options are equipment financing, equipment financing, uh, business lines of credit, commercial real estate loans. Very important. They have commercial real estate loans. So you can get loans for property if you're in the real estate game. Very, very important. Uh, the cash management, they have online banking, direct deposits, account reconcilia- reconciliations, and automated cash clearing houses. So, the card services they have is a Visa credit and a Visa debit card. Uh, they also do telephone banking, direct deposit, fax reporting, and night depositories. The electronic services include, they have a cash management, e-statements, and online banking, and merchant services. So, Liberty Bank, check them out, do some uh, history, do some research on them, do some research on all three of these, because I don't want you to jump into something based on something that I said. 
I want you to do some research. And if I say these are some uh, banks that you can invest your money in and, you know, you can take my word for it, but this is just a show um, for entertainment and education purposes only. So I wouldn't lead you down the path, basically is what I'm saying. But before you do anything that anybody suggests, make sure you do your own research. That's just the right thing to do. Now, CNBC, I'll give you a little heads up about what they're talking about. Now, CNBC has reported our new future. The minority entrepreneurs at a tipping point as black-owned banks dwindle in the U.S. Now, why would CNBC make this a a point to point out that black-owned banks are dwindling in the U.S.? It's no more than the fear tactic to make you not put your money in black-owned banks because they may be suffering or struggling due to the pandemic. Now, the pandemic and the George Floyd killing have escalated focus on racial injustice and economic inequality and the lack of capital market access for black founders. Now, 2018 SBA report found that minority business enterprises typically experience higher interest rates and more loan denials, and many black owners are afraid to even apply for SBA loans. That was in 2018. Now, black-owned banks flourished in the 1950s and 60s, but from 2001 to 2018, the number of black-owned financial institutions declined over 50%, leaving only about 21 black-owned banks in the United States, and not one manages over $1 billion. That was then. Now, we actually have $3 billion uh, and a couple institutions, so these times that we were looking at are changing. Uh, a lot of the entertainers, the actors, the sports, the athletes, uh, singers, everybody in the entertainment industry is starting to wake up and get the picture. It's not about balling to you, to you, you know, and partying to you, to you pass out. A lot of these people are starting to get aware of what's going on in the world, and they're 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 taking their celebrity and their fame, and they're applying it to the movement to the culture so that's so great it's so great that they even you know are are aware of what's going on you don't you, don't, you ain't got no choice not to be aware when we see how we're being treated in this country um physically mentally <laughs> racially however you want to call it we've been discriminated we've been killed we've been murdered we've been they done did everything to us in this country you can imagine but what they haven't done is stopped us from thriving because we are a, a, a chosen people. And as long as we don't quit, we're never going to lose. We're never going to lose. We're just going to keep fighting until we get to where we should be. So now the black and brown business owners face a disproportionate share of COVID-19 failures from February to April of this year alone. There were only 41, there was a 41% decline in Black-owned businesses and a 32% drop in Latino businesses. White entrepreneurs experienced only a 17% decline. Among those who applied for Paycheck Protection Program support, a report from the Color of Change and Unidosis found 
that only 12% received the assistance they had requested. Only 12%. Now, 41% received nothing. Now, a lot of that could have been uh, poor paperwork because I actually uh, assisted a lot of people in, in training them on how to fill out their PPP paperwork through their institutions and the auto loan as well. But paperwork scares us as a people. It scares us because we don't want to take the time to read. We don't want to do the research. We don't want to look up words so we fully understand. We don't want to pick up the phone and ask a professional. We just want to kind of get the quick hookup, and that's not how this works. You have to know and know that you know when you're dealing with government institutions, institutions, FDA, any of those alphabet boys. If you messing with them, you better have your mess together because they will come back on you. So the funding gap, we are all aware of the funding gap. Um, I would jump into it a little more in details, but it's no no secret that uh, it's a huge funding gap between white households and black households. Uh, black households, basically, their median net worth is about one-tenth of white households. So put that in perspective. For every white household, there's $100,000. We're just using round numbers. There's $100,000 in that home. That would be equivalent to a black household with $10,000 a year in that home. So let's do the math. You got a hundred grand a year and you're a white family and I'm a black family and me and my family really make $10,000 a year. That is the gap between the white community and the black community. What, what we're surviving on is basically what they pay in in tips or to their congregation if they give five percent or ten percent whatever they give that's that's charitable donation compared to what we are forced to live off of so the funny gap is ridiculous it's ridiculous it's been that way for a long time but these are some of the topics that we need to speak about and have these uh politicians held accountable for changing it. Not talking about it, actually doing something. We need something in black and white uh, that, that, and we need to hold you accountable for it. So, um, I want to open up the, the lines for some questions here because I can go on and on about uh, One United, Liberty Bank, and the new uh, Greenwood Bank. Shout out to Killer Mike. Um, but I want you to do some research. I want you to go to these websites, check them out. I want you to open up an account with all three if, you, if you're if able to do it. Um, 100 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever you need to do. Invest in these banks because if we don't do it, we can't complain about not having if we don't support the people that's out there putting in the work. So I... Shouts out, salute, kudos to all of these entrepreneurs investing their time and their effort and their money to, to get us out of this economic situation we're in. 
and um, hey, more power to the people. And let's get behind these banks, get behind these black-owned institutions. Uh, it's just a transfer of wealth. Well, whoever you have your money in the account with, it's just a matter of moving it from one account to another account. It's not going to hurt your money, but it will hurt the economic pockets of these private-owned banks that have not really did much for you since you've been putting your money in their in their banks and, and having your direct deposits go there and they charging you crazy fees to, to invest with your funds. So let's just get hit. Let's get hit to the game, y'all. We're waking up, but uh, we're not fully woke. Because if we was, when these banks first shut down, it wouldn't just be, you know, people that are well off moving their money over. If people that got bread are moving their money over in the tens of thousands and millions, what the hell is your little hundred dollars gonna do? Like, let's be real. If you got more than 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 five thousand dollars in your bank, savings or checking, and your bills are paid and you don't owe nobody, you are doing better than hell. Ninety percent of the country when it comes to the black and Latino community. And that's fact. Most of us are one incident, one emergency away from being homeless. And that, that's fact. So we got to be real with ourselves, people. Um, take a look at what we've been talking about. Take a look at these banks and invest in Banking black. It is the black bank movement, and you need to be a part of it. If you're any person of color, and it's not just for black people, it's black and Latino, let's be clear. And uh, Killer Mike and the Greenwood Bank is focused on black and Latino. It's not just a black thing, it's a people of color thing. And that's not to say that white people can't invest their money in this as well, because uh, it's some of our white brothers and sisters that uh, are classified with us not because of their color of their skin but it's because of their economic situation poor people are grouped together <laughs> they call them PWT and they not they not they disassociate this, themselves with them as well so it's not a color thing it's a cultural it's a rich and the poor thing it's 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 it's, it's, it's they don't look at Jay Z and Beyonce and people that got millions and that's considered billionaires. They don't look at them as black. They look at them as people with and the people that don't have. So it's the haves and the have not. So we gotta stop being emotional and stop putting this 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 stigma in front of us called black or color. We understand and know that we have melanin. We 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 look different than them. But let's not keep thriving on the color aspect of it because the class that they put us in is not even pertaining to our color. It's pertaining to our structure, our, 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 the way we move, our lifestyle, and the bottom line is our money. Because even with OJ, before OJ got uh, in his situation, white people didn't look at OJ as black. Look at him as OJ. 
it wasn't until the scandal when they started treating OJ like one of us. It took a scandal, people. Before that, OJ could get away with damn near anything. But killing the white woman? Nah. But prior to athletes, singers, like they didn't look at Michael Jackson as being black. They no, they looked at him as being Michael Jackson. That's that's what I'm trying to tell you. They don't see Beyonce and Jay Z as black. They see them as superstars. Well, you're Beyonce, you're Jay Z. You don't, you don't, you don't, we don't look at you as little pookie on the corner. Nah, it's totally different. And it's just crazy, man. They 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 put celebrities, athletes, actors, actresses on a pedestal. And they say, well, you're not this. No, yes, they are. They absolutely are. But but that's how weird they classify people. They group you and classify you and put you in a bunch of, okay, you're over there. You're over there. You're over there. Now, we, we couldn't sit down and have a conversation with them because they're out in the corner or they out in this, they live in this neighborhood. But Jay-Z lives in a nice neighborhood. Jay-Z has a nice car. But they can't, they can't put the two together. It's crazy, man. But we ain't gonna dwell on that. Um, I had a couple questions in the chat room. How do I sign up for... Yeah, all of these banks. You can sign up for Liberty Bank. You can sign up to One United Bank. Or you can get on the waiting list for uh, Greenwood Bank. But please, please, and please, open up an account with all three of these banks. Just open up one. See if the services are the same. And once you see that they are, take all your money out. Take all your money out of those other banks. They're not doing shit for you. Trust me. They're not doing nothing that these banks can't do for you. But just knowing that you are putting your money in a bank with people that look like us. They got our interests in in mind more so than these other banks that really don't give a shit about us. I'm just being 100 with you. Now, it's another another institution I want y'all to take a look at before we get off of here. And I mentioned them before. Uh, it's called Kingdom Pay. Now, Kingdom Pay is not necessarily a bank. It's more like Cash App, PayPal, Venmo. So we can say goodbye to PayPal, Cash App, and Venmo. We can use Kingdom Pay. Now, what I want you to do is go to kingdompay.com and sign up. Now, I'm not sure. I've been signed up, but I'm not sure if they're up and running, but it's actually an app. You can do it online, but it's actually an app. And once you download the app, you can use Kingdom Pay just like you would use PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, uh, any other of these uh, other uh, institutions. But um, that is definitely one you want to get behind. Black owned as well, owned and operated. Uh, look them up, kingdompay.com. And yeah, man, we got to get behind things uh, that our people out here are putting in the work for. They have an account, uh, they have a MasterCard with Kingdom Pay as well. So yeah, I need y'all to check Kingdom Pay out. I need you to check out One Financial. I need you to check out Greenwood and absolutely check out LibertyBank.net. LibertyBank.net 
um, bankgreenwood.com and oneunited.com. So I gave you four institutions, this black owned. Uh, we can bank black with pride. We can bank black with ease. And we can bank black with purpose. Shouts out again to Killer Mike, man. Greenwood Bank, hey, I need y'all to open an account. Because if we took 40 million people, we do some quick math for y'all. I'm going to show you the power of $100. $100 in your pocket is not a lot. But check this out, people. If we took 40, 40 million of us times $100. Do y'all know what that would be? $40 million times 100 Put two zeros on, on the end of 40, 40 million. Four trillion. Four trillion people. Did you hear me? Was that four billion? I don't know. I'm getting a little tired, y'all. A <laughs> hundred dollars. Just one hundred dollars. And 40 billion of us, 40 million of us took $100 and we put it in Greenwood Bank. Overnight, the whole damn Dow will be shook. That's how much power we really have, people. And then if we did that once a month for 12 months, I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand, but that's where we headed, y'all. But we have to get in the game. You have to be active and you have to uh, be aware of these things, uh, these institutions, these people that's out here working for us. If you're not aware, get aware. That's why I bring it to you. So now you know, no more excuses, no more talk. Shout out to Willie D. Hey, we're going to wrap this up, man. Uh, I apologize to y'all in the chat room. I see a few questions popping up, but I'm on a timeline today. I got to get to my uh, my uh, credit class training for my client. Um, yeah, we're on Zoom. You want to be a part of that? Shoot me an email at info at divinewealthprinciples.com and I'll shoot you the Zoom link where you can get in there and see what we do and maybe become a customer uh, of Divine Wealth Principles, or you can get down with the nonprofit movement for financial literacy and financial education at no-your-worth.org. Uh, let me shout out my sponsors before we get out of here, man. Uh, shout out to Legacy House PM, uh, Property Management Services. So LegacyHousePM.com. Check them out. Check out MyKingdomSuites.com. Check out beautybymichael.com and check out ricksautosales.com, R-I-X, autosales.com. Some of our uh, sponsors, man. Um, I hope this has been informative to you. Uh, I want you to definitely check out these um, institutions. I gave you four of them today. Uh, Greenwood, uh, Liberty Bank, and One United, and Kingdom Pay. Kingdom Pay is an app just like 
Cash App, just like Venmo, but it's black owned. So we're empowering the financially exclusively to build wealth. Why? Because Kingdom Pay. Love that logo. Yeah, you can use Kingdom Pay to save and earn. You can get your own secure digital wallet. You can use Bitcoin or Ether. Um, at any partner businesses, you can sign up businesses and earn. You can connect with friends and earn points. You can send and receive gift cards. Post content and earn points. Manage your rewards program. And like I said, they have a MasterCard as a standard. So you can pretty much do everything that you're doing with these other institutions, but you can have the, the sense of pride in knowing that you're spending with your people. Enough talk. We don't have nothing else to say. If there's an alternative to using Cash App, PayPal, and Venmo, and it's Black-owned, we shouldn't even have another, another thing to say. What's the link? What's the app? That's all we should be doing. So let's get to it, man. Peace and love, man. Uh, shouts out to my mom, man. My mom, my mom. She had me on the floor today. Feeling way better, y'all. Way better. Uh, how I know? Because she called me and cussed me out two times today. Two times. She picked up the phone and actually called me. Told me, where the hell are you at? Uh, I need my pajamas you promised me. And need to bring me something sweet to eat. That's the mama that I know missing love. So shouts out to Mama Divine, Nora Marie Downey, we love you. And uh keep on keeping on, baby. Keep on keeping on. And we're gonna holler at y'all Saturday, man. Hopefully, inshallah, I'll be able to get on here uh Saturday for an hour at one o'clock. Uh wasn't able to get on last Saturday because we were handling business. So business first, y'all. But peace and love and spread this message, man. Let's get the bank black movement jumping. We got to get it started today, man. So if we can get, man, if we can get 20, 30 million people to move over just $100 out of their existing bank accounts over to these Black-owned institutions, we could shake up the Dow, man, right before election. Y'all don't understand the power that we have. Hopefully this will give you a little kickstart and we can get out here as a people and vote. I definitely want y'all to vote. Uh, but definitely think about the power of your dollar. It means more to them than our own life itself. This is your man, El Divine Bay. This has been Wealth Principles 101. Peace and love. I will check you out on the next go-round. Peace. <laughs>